On today's job board, we have the first interview, Hack Attack Recap, Sports Talk, and of course, Course Happenings. Today's show is sponsored by beer. Beer, whether it's a lager, light, IPA, or even a sour, nothing quenches and refreshes you on the course quite like beer. Beer, helping golfers deal with double bogeys for over 50 years. And now, let's tee off. Welcome everybody to episode 10 of From the Jingweeds. I'd like to thank everybody for listening and continuing to follow us on Instagram at from underscore the underscore jingweeds and follow us also on Twitter at fjingweeds. First off, I'd like to uh, start with, as we always do, and say hello to my partner, Dan. What's up? Not much. Episode 10. It's hard to believe we've already reached 10. Yep. Number 10. It's fast, yeah. And we uh, just... Fill you in. What's going to happen here is uh, we reached out to uh, one of our biggest followers and listeners, uh, Dave, up at Drumlin's Country Club up in Liverpool, New York. So we got that interview coming up here. That was uh, quite a time there. Uh, spent about, I don't know, about an hour and a half with him. And uh, so we chatted up, see what he's doing. He, uh, If you follow him on Instagram, he is uh, turfguy52. Um, if you know who he is... You can talk. It's his show, so he uh, kind of takes over the jingweeds for the evening. Yeah, it's quite the experience to share yeah. the share the stage in our first interview with with Dave. Yeah, it was uh, it was good time. So we uh, got the uh, edited version coming up here, and then I think we're going to release the full uh, maybe next week. So if anybody wants to listen to the full episode, it it's all over the joint. So buckle up for an hour and a half. It's of a that. wild ride. Yeah, it was hell of a ride, but. Let's jump back to the episode here and uh, let's talk about what we got going on the golf course uh, this week. I am closed for four days, closed Monday. We're recording here on Tuesday. I got tomorrow and Thursday of closure. I've aerified the greens. I did three-eighths tines on the quad holders and uh, did that, removed the plugs. Then I rolled them, top dressed them. Well, fertilize them, then top dress them, and uh, just ran some water. Because today I took the quad tines and I put on the solid talon tines. Um, they're kind of like a star shape. Buried them in sand again and then took that over it and then rolled them and drug them in and watered them. Uh, they are covered in sand, so here in two days i got to get some sort of turf back up above that canopy or above that sand level, and uh, it's going to be... It's going to be a push here, but it needed to be done. It's going to be the only time I do it this summer. Um, I usually do pull the cores and then my solid tine and ground and pound, as I call it. Uh, I do that later on in July. This year being closed for four days, I was able to do all of it, you know, and we banged it out in two days, you know, both processes, all 18 holes, putting green and chipping green. So pretty proud of the guys. Tomorrow we get out early. Uh, that's my little... I guess prize for them is to get out a little bit early. We'll just come in, button some things up, maybe drag the greens and roll them again. Uh, probably won't even get a mower on them until Friday is my guess, maybe even Saturday. Uh, I'm not really going to push it because we've put out the postings that we were going to do this. So if everybody's listening, um, 
we shouldn't have too much golf because they know the condition's going to be bad, except for the four guys that showed up today to play. <laughs> and the whole place is closed down. This, you know, I'm running back and forth in the parking lot with hoppers full of sand. There's not a golf cart there. Pretty much there was nobody in the parking lot for the first two guys. I come back to get some sand, and the dude's undoing his trunk, you know, getting into his trunk, <laughs> grabs his bag out. All the garage doors are closed. Obviously, the clubhouse doors are closed up and it's usually very wide open you know once we open up and there'll be carts in the staging area there's nothing and uh he just put his bag at the bag stand hopped in the car went over parked it walked over back <laughs> over there and i was loading up sand and uh just kind of watching it happen he ended up kind of sad face walking away back to the car loaded up the clubs and as he was driving out another guy came in right behind him and did the same exact thing his partner yeah but his buddy, but the other dude was already gone he was wheeling out as the other one came in and i was taken off to the next hole at sand but it was it was pretty funny so no one as we talked last week that's one of those communication things that yeah. we talked about is that you can't get that done at the public club, club like you can at the private ones I mean, do you typically have walk-ups? Yeah, this time of year yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and even in season, the last tee times of the day, you know, other than, you know, say January, February or February, March, those are sold out. But we have walk-ups a lot. Sundays are made of probably at least 50% walk-ups. I say it's because they go bang out church yeah. and then maybe breakfast or whatever their morning routine is for Sunday. And then look outside, and it's like, okay, we did everything we needed to do. Ran the vacuum, you know, cleaned the bathrooms, whatever you're doing. And it's like, all right, let's go play golf. But no way were we going to commit to that before right. Sunday because the boss might have had new rules for you. Or yeah, right. All these plans. What do we call it? My, my event planner <laughs> may have had things on the docks that I didn't know about. So, but, so yeah, we get a lot of walk-ups. Um but anyways, Even, continue. you say you walk ups in season, you have to turn a lot of people away. Um, there is times, yeah, that we're sold out. Yeah, sold out. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're now I'm in pri- like the private side. But when I was on the public side, even in the Southwest in Palm Springs, like at a resort, I don't, I don't feel like you're getting a lot of walk up time. There's not a lot of open tea time. Right. So yeah. I feel like you'd be turning. <laughs> at yeah, this day and age, would you be checking, calling ahead? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But in the summertime, you know, if they have locals yeah, right around summer, town, yeah. it's pretty easy to get out there. And that was at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. so usually it's wide open. We're wide open after 10, like 1030. That's it. That's pretty Let's much where we are as well. Um, but to follow this up with being closed, I've uh, been able to get into the bunkers. We're edging and cleaning those things and, you know, moving the heavy sand around, you know, without the bunker rakes out there for the golfers. Um it's a lot more sand to move around. Um, for the most part, they, I think that, that, that it's worked out pretty well. Um, I think the bunker rakes are going back. We've talked about it yeah. um, at some point. I, I would say uh, when we overseed, they'll probably go back out for us. Um, you know, if we're going to start getting 200 golfers a yeah. day. I still love to know how much, how much that affects how many shots a day. Is it two, one, zero? You know, I just don't know. The, obviously, I, I'm assuming the club's going to go back to putting mm-hmm. rakes out. But, I mean, there's a possibility that maybe they never do. You know what I mean? It's like, you know how you know how much we spend on rakes a year? They're outrageous. Oh, it's crazy. The amount. Maybe, maybe 
with enough for with the like smooth and sand out with your foot and it's not affecting play as much and it, it's enough yeah. to do it on the morning maintenance there's the there's the problem is it needs to uh we need to make a decision soon yeah because a lot of people aren't you know smoothing it out with their foot well, but if maybe there's if a if communication it known if it becomes yeah. well known that none of us plan on putting them back out maybe that's when people start yeah. like okay this is the now the new etiquette there's a new, maybe another public versus private communication thing. Everybody yeah. in, in the club knows that you, you rake it by foot. Then, But yeah. Joe walk up at 11 o'clock, maybe he doesn't know. Yeah, know I mean? for I sure. Especially because he rolled in in a sweet Mercedes yeah. convertible. Yeah. So there's no way extra sand this is getting drug national. into that bad there's boy. There's not people coming out of the desert to rake the <laughs> behind you. So... Um, so we're cleaning up those, edging them, moving all that sand around, and uh, guys are doing a pretty is actually doing a really good job on it. And uh, so kudos to him; he's going to get a helper tomorrow to bang it out, get that buttoned up, and then uh, I'll start fertilizing fairways. Um, it seems to me like I don't know if it's now becoming you know the whole you're looking at it every day is uh, it looks like shit. You know, it's yeah. just like eh, I thought it was looking better, but I think it's more or less. I'm looking at it every day. And it's like, okay, that yeah. area. Yeah, and you got nothing to, to compare going. it to. Either. Yeah, but I feel it's starting. How, well, how much Bermuda you got? Like 70 percent. I would say probably seventy percent. Yeah, yeah. And how? I mean, I've probably got eighty percent in my surrounds, and that's the golf course we didn't overseed last year. So this has been my best transition, and I, I think that might have something to do with it. That those plants have been just a year older and yeah. that much more maturity. But I like in areas that are look thin. I've got a, like hundreds of small plants that just haven't they just haven't spread out. Right. Yeah. So as soon as like it's not even more sod than that because when, yeah. when the humidity hits, that's gonna that's gonna fill in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's still been cool in the mornings. Yeah. Mornings when I'm yeah. driving to work, it's seventy degrees. I think just last week I had a jacket on. In yeah. The morning. So <laughs> that's not helping either. No, and, definitely not. I mean, it's Humidity been, 5, 12%. If that's that, not doing us, dew points bottomed out, it's not doing us any favors. Yeah, it's definitely not. So we need those monsoons coming soon. Maybe that fire will help kick some off. That thing's pretty badass. That thing is insane. Yeah. There's, what do we got? Three huge ones. We got yeah. one on the north rim. It's burning. I, don't quote me, but I think 100,000 acres up there, and it's not good. Wow. And then um, we got the one by my place and the one in Tucson. Yep. Yeah, Four Peaks. Uh, we got, I got a picture up on Instagram of it burning pretty good today. Uh, Four Peaks, the mountain range, it's on fire, and it doesn't look like they're doing anything for it because it's all national forest land. It probably needs to be cleaned out. There's no houses, no businesses up there. I think they're starting to, maybe in the Tonto Basin, somewhere they're starting stop. to evacuate. It's heading oh, up that way. Really? And I think the wind's changed to the north. I don't know. I think the winds change where it might be blowing back on itself, so that might be good. Okay. But something about a, a front on the northwest. It's crazy not seeing any helicopters or no. planes dropping anything on it. They're just letting it climb well, they the had mountain. The, yeah, the one, the DC-10 flying up to Flagstaff, I think probably to the north rim. Yeah. So I don't even know if they're doing anything to that. Maybe around Tucson? Yeah, probably. I mean, the firefighters got to be stretched but, thin. So. Yeah, right now, for sure. I mean, like it seems to do every... I don't know, three or four years, we get a good rain is, yeah. in the winter time, and everything grows like crazy, and then it obviously doesn't rain at all. Yeah. So it's one little spark, you know, wait till the monsoons oh. come. When the monsoons come, we get more because of the lightning. 
Yeah, I mean, this is my fourth year, by far the most I've seen. But the, it's the craziest stories to get these started. Like, one guy was out whacking down the glow of chamomile and needed to use the, the metal head because yeah. I guess the weed whip doesn't work on it. Uh-huh. And it just hit a rock, caused one spark. And that's wow. what started. And hey, back to a couple episodes. That's how you get rid of the stuff. Light on fire. It's not a giant forest fire. (laughs) See you later. Stink weed or whatever the slang word is for that stuff. That's probably what it needs to double, though. It's it's life cycle. It needs to burn to drop more seed for it to pop. Crazy shit. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy that that's going on. But it happens every year. So, you know, it's one thing that we deal with out here. But this one seems seems one of the closest ones that I've seen around. Yeah. Um, in my time here, it definitely lights up that whole range. Yeah, my probably. ride in, it's it looks sweet. It looks awesome. The ride in because it's you know all the you can see all the flames. Yeah, it looks so, awesome. But anyways, it's doing Mother Nature doing its job regenerating that place. Probably hasn't been cleaned out in ever, yeah, so it needs sure. to just burn. Yeah, I mean uh, the the one up by our place is by lightning. It's natural. It would happen. Yeah, you know whenever. But all right, so well, let's uh. Is what else, what do you got going on at your place? You got this is it for this week. Yeah, last week closed. closure on that one course. We finished top dressing yesterday, all the fairways. So it took all four weeks. Yeah. But uh, so we're happy. I'm happy to have that done. Like I said, I probably got 80 percent Bermuda coverage in my approaches. <clears throat> we're gonna do some sod, uh, just in and around the collars where I always struggle, and I think most of that has to do with getting oversprays from the green. It's just a, such a robust. Oh, yeah ryegrass plant in and around the greens that no matter what you're going to do and the turning of the mowers right yeah there, all that bullshit so i think we'll do some sodding around those areas but i don't see any widespread like big rolls of sod i don't i haven't seen any yet so that's awesome that's we promising the, yeah yeah we had the early warm-up too so i don't know if, it, if that has something to do with it and a bunch of different stuff we did but so far so good uh we'll go out and top dress greens one more time just to get them level because we yep. oversee, we aerified them know, four weeks ago. So we'll top dress them one more time, get the greens ready for opening, and then this week's basically yeah, get white wing in shape for play. Yep. Fairways look really good. I mean, some of them are going to still be sandy when we open up just because it's got dropped so late. Right. But Do you drag that in? Yeah, for hours. Mm. Just keep dragging and dragging and dragging. Which One of those big old, the big heavy keystone ones, right? Yeah, you get big, the same one that yeah. I got? Yep. Yeah, you told me about it. So we use that. Um, it kind of sucks because when we've done, like, what was a green fairway because we didn't overseed it. Now right. it's like, it's got all this dead leaf material. It looks trash. Yeah, it's it's like, shit, we got to get this thing dragon, open in a yeah. week. Uh, but we'll be fine, especially once this humidity kicks. That golf course is going to be really good. And the other side's really good right now, too. I did go out last week, sprayed revolver at a three-ounce rate, and uh, seeing the effects now, knowing that by the end of this second week, yeah, it, should, it should be gone. Yeah, kick the bucket. But it, right now, it looks awesome. I, mean, I can see that the ryegrass is yeah. is done, but um, it looks like it's going to play awesome right now. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of Bermuda. You seeing a lot of Bermuda on the day? What I think, yeah, I say that now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Wait till episode thirteen, and we'll <laughs> see how confident I am about how much Bermuda grass. But yeah, when I drive around, it's like. This is the most I've ever seen, and that that yeah. that was a golf course that didn't get overseed last year. So, okay, yeah, this is definitely a test for if having a you know a Bermuda grass that had an extra season to grow 
and store nutrients and get that much more maturity if that helps with the in transition or yeah. maybe it's just a weather thing or oh it's, I, you know. I mean it plays all those little factors yeah. but i mean if you want to sell it to someone yeah you know you can sell it that hey this is what happens you know right. you can alternate a year or like anyone we've talked about this a handful of times is if you've got two courses on your property my vote is it's a no-brainer you know yeah so i mean there's so many factors go into that especially there's a there's a lot to gain by not overseeding having a golf course that's open and not overseeded while everybody else is closed yes you know what i mean yeah uh and it still play, plays great but i think it's an aesthetic thing and a psychological oh, thing and i think we've talked about it before you know if it's not green and actively growing, then the the assumption is it's just hard and compacted. Right. You know, and really that has something. I don't know. That's that's for a different day, but yeah, and that's for the club to decide. Basically, yeah. is what it comes down to. Yeah. If the member, listen, I'm here to serve the members. If they want an overseas golf course, then let's do it. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's your job. So, but if you can throw in there that you know, or if these little things that they can see, maybe it changes their mind one yeah. way or the other. Maybe they just say, that's it. No, we are overseeding these. You no know who would go what. for it every time now is the, the people that stay yeah. year-round. You know, because the snowbirds, they don't see it. They don't have to worry about what it looks like if I have 10% Bermuda grass in the fairways. They don't yeah. They don't know that. They're not affected. But if the year-round member is a pure golf course right now, they're going to go into a, a golf course that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. You know, thin areas in the tees and approaches. Greens are going to be good. And they haven't played that yeah. one in five right. weeks. So right. that's a we're plus. Typically at this time a year where we'd overseed it, I would, you know, it's 50% Bermuda grass. It's pick up your ball and find the closest patch, yeah. you know. And they go, basically it's going to be two more months of extra nice play. When we switch back to quail, it may be bad. If looking to see how much Bermuda I have now, it should be pretty good. Yeah. You know, you know, it might be rough for that part. Then we'll switch back to white wing again. It's going to be awesome. And yeah. So there's going to be a couple weeks through the summer where they have to deal with it versus May, June, July, and then finally August, almost overseed when it's really, really good. Right. Well, that's cool. Hey, let's, um, right now, let's jump over and uh, listen to Dave to yep. meet up with him and see how that goes. So why don't you guys enjoy this? Welcome, everybody, to episode number 10 of From the Jingweeds. This week, we're going to take a little turn, and we're going to go back east up north in Syracuse, New York, to Drumlin's Country Club, and we're going to meet up with the assistant superintendent. His name is Dave. His Instagram is hilarious. Got to follow him. He is turfguy52. So uh, buckle up and join the ride. This is interview number one, boys. Let's go. (laughs) David, how's it going? Good evening. How are you? Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, before we uh, jump right Pleasure. into the conversation, I'm going to uh, jump over to my partner, Dan. Dan, what's going on? This couldn't be couldn't be more excited to get this thing started. This is been looking forward to this since day one, episode one. So, oh, thanks, yeah. dude. And uh, for oh. the first for the first time, we're going to uh, bring Andy, our producer, into the show. So, Andy, this is. Andy's first ride as well, so we got a big one going on right now. Andy, what's going on back there in what's Nebraska? <laughs> Nebraska, the good old Midwest. What's up, boys? I'll bring the niceness for you, you asshole. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to be here. Don't you know? I know a lot about grass, uh, not turf, but I know a lot about grass. So I'm just excited to be here. See nice. what's going. On. I'm nice. It's nice to meet Dave. Heard a lot about this guy. So here we go. 
Nice. You guys, I'm going to tell right, you right so now, Dave. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to cry tonight. All right, I'm just going to put right. it out there. Right? That's so, awesome. Yeah, hey, man. Get hey, this please do. To do. We're excited. I might cry tonight too. So Dave, uh, <laughs> Drumlin's Country Club, Syracuse, New York, Orangeman fan, I take it? I see you paint I, blue and orange all the time. I, I enjoy it. Well, we, the West course, we try to represent the orange the best we can. So the, the pro markers, we paint them in uh, real orange blue. And then the, the forward markers, the orange markers is real orange, orange, right? We have a local company that we deal with that gives us the paint and uh, it's it's the exact colors. So, so that's that's a private side. You have private side and you have public. We do thirty six. Right, we have thirty six holes. The the private side, we the flags, everything is uh, sticks right to drumlins. But um, the public side, we try to give the university a little bit of a shout out, and that's just the the team markers. Okay. So we always make extras because they always get stolen. Oh hell yeah! But, um, we. We've the gone dickhead, to uh, the dickheads that come from the Midwest. They come up to the Northeast. They find out that it's a pretty yeah. awesome oh, place to hang shit. out. Yeah, right? the then they just like, oh, souvenirs. I gotta have a souvenir. When I worked in the, the only Midwest, thing that I know how markers. to do is steal shit. No, when I was kidding. in the Midwest, we had team markers stolen one time. I found the guy the next day. He was wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. So don't. Uh, so we had about three weeks ago. Well, three weeks ago, I, I came into the shop and we had a, a flag, a white drumlins flag from last season laying on the shop floor. Pete, the boss, says, you know where this is from? I said, no. He goes, one of the landlords was cleaning out an apartment. And it was found in one of the kids' apartments. So oh, nice. there you go. We got it yeah. back. We don't use the flag anymore, but we'll take the sticks. So there you go. Yeah. Nice. So uh, why don't we learn a little bit about Dave? Let's go back. Let's go back. Much, so, listen, uh, do you care to give us the year yeah, you how much graduated time do you want to high give school? Oh, I'll, move it along. Words or less. I'll move it along. Let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's go do Dave in 10 words college. or less. Yeah, let's go You want to do 10 minutes or less? Let's yeah. go 10 words or less. Dave in 10 words or less. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think All right, so, so you, want to know, you want to know about my, my history with golf and my career in, in the end yeah, of the Absolutely. Pretty much. Uh, the age of 16, uh, I got introduced to golf. My, uh, my mother's boyfriend, his, his name was Ron Stoddard. He's now deceased. He, uh, he passed away about, about 16 or 17 years ago. He got me introduced to the game of golf. And this is funny, uh, at a golf course called Brandingham, which is about 65 miles north of you. And one of the guys on Instagram just uh, posted some pictures the other day of the golf course and it brought me right back to that's where I started golf. And I just fell in love with it, right? This was a nothing golf course, just a nine hole or 18 hole, just a nothing, but fell in love with it. So 16, 17, get into high school, ninth grade, get on the golf team. Wasn't very good. Mid forties, high forties, low fifties. Hold on, 16 or 17, you were in ninth grade? Well, I'm just saying, just, oh, well, no, but, uh, no, I got. Okay, so. just, just making sure I caught that, all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're on the golf team in high school. So is that you know, like how you right. introduced to the game? You know, well, that, that's school? where that's where I really started to enjoy being on the golf course. Okay. Right? So um, graduate high school, go to a local community college for a semester. I spent a lot of my downtime either skipping class and going to local golf courses and playing, or just sitting there waiting for the next class, just doodling in my notebooks, just drawing 18 holes. 
filling up a whole a whole page. This whole page would be 18 holes of, of, of golf, right? And just do page after page after page. And then, um, and, I, and I just knew I wanted to be on a golf course for the rest of my life. I was never going to be good enough to be on the tour. I was never going to be good enough to be a caddy. But I just had to find a way to be on a golf course. I'd today. fucking, I would definitely let you caddy for me, just to let right? you know. Thanks, man. <laughs> Uh, so going to OCC, even and, if every uh, read on the green was wrong, I would want Dave on my phone. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Yeah, exactly. What am I, what am I Woody, in here? Wedge. Dave and Woody on the bag. Yeah, Dave, Dave, would Woody ride the bag? Oh God. I took him for a walk around the block a few months ago. Nice. Um, Woody have a so, leash? Uh, well, I have a cat carrier. I just put him around my, my, you know, I just walk yes. around the cat carrier. Nice. That uh, is awesome. Um, so no, OCC, so back, yeah, let's go back to, let's go back to the golf. Let's cover right. that. We'll cover so, Woody later. Yeah. yeah. So I see a commercial for a, a local uh, state school, SUNY Delhi. We have a lot of SUNY schools throughout the state. And one of the main competitors for turf is SUNY Cobalskill. At least it was back when I was in college. They're big in agriculture and same was with Delhi. Big, big on welding, trades, vet, okay. veterinary science, turf, right? Casino so, dealing. Yeah, so, my, my school is casino dealing and medical billing. So at yeah. least you have a couple things that are like almost like growing like turf, you know, right. something farmish. Yeah. So I, I, I said, listen, mom, I think I think this is where I want to go. I think this is what I want to do. So we took a tour and I fell in love with the campus and that's where I went. So I enrolled in their um, associate's degree program. I got an associate's degree in golf course operations. And my, I did three years there. And then my third year, I became an RA, a resident assistant. Oh, and boy. I lived on... Um, Busting all the young kids I, running I needed, around, smoking, eating, drinking beers. Well, it was... You yeah. stay here all night, right? Dorm police. So, um, so I, the third year, I stayed on for uh, uh, an equipment certificate. Right. It was, um, I was a mechanic certificate. I learned how to sweep the shop floor and not catch myself on fire too many times. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I really just wanted to sharpen mower blades. Um, I think I broke an engine once, but I'm not really sure. But the main thing was just to keep the place clean. Right. That's what I really paid attention to. And everybody appreciated that. So in the three years at Delhi, I had to do internships. First internship um, was at a local private course called Bellevue Country Club. And I'd always loved that country club. When you say, just for myself and I'm sure some other people, when you say local and all these golf courses and everything, is all the Syracuse area? That's correct. Okay. All right. Yep. I'm just trying to see where all of this is happening. Yeah. Central New York is an oversaturated golf market. We have a lot of private facilities, a lot of uh, public facilities. We're just oversaturated. But I was, I'd just been around Bellevue. And I was just, I loved the way that it looked, the tight fairways, small greens, small bunkers, just always beautiful looking. I was like, that's, that's where I'm going to go. So that's where I went. And this was 1998. I worked under Dave Southern and um, very, he, he had his very particular way of doing things. I learned a lot that summer. Uh, we had straight line windstorm come through and it snapped pine trees and silver maple trees like they were two things and ripped the roof off the maintenance facility. So um, they got a brand new maintenance facility out of it and uh, beautiful. It was, it was 
were still one of the best in the area. And they had this uh, grass recycling machine that they owed a ton of money off. Beautiful. Um, so in the summer that I was there, we walked mowed greens, walked mowed tees. I was, I was the banana champion on greens. Nice. <laughs> Bananas were just, I mean, we're talking crescent moons, right? Crescent moons, because some bananas can be kind of straight with a little curve. I mean, I'm talking like, would it be a yeah. waning gibbous or a waxing, whatever the hell that is? Peronies, of, so, peronies yeah. of the greens, Mar? Yeah, we would basket our fairways. I'm just, you know, we, and, but at any rate, so that was season one. Um, kept a log, had to take pictures and do a whole diary for that and got an A on that report. It was, it was great. Nice job. And then second season. I was the second highest graduator of Mundus Institute. That's true. Yes, well, it's not, don't give me too many congratulations, all right? There weren't a whole lot of A's in Dave's college or high school <laughs> career, okay? No, there was. I went to school to be a gym teacher. Oh, may I add that I, I, went, to the, I went to the regional market today and bought fresh strawberries, and I cut up some strawberries and put them in here. So nice. Oh, nice. Is that a little rum and Coke? Is that the rum and Coke going? Rum and, rum and Coke, Coke with wh strawberries? With strawberries, yeah. Strawberries. That is a wild move. <laughs> what kind of rum? No, it's uh, it's Captain Morgan's, man. Captain Morgan. Spicy rum with yeah. strawberries. I don't care. I don't do. I don't drink. This is the first. This is the first drink I've had in months. So really, gonna, good job. Yeah, nice. Welcome is. back. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I need back, to do welcome it. Welcome back. Yeah, I feel like I need to stop boozing. No, in three months. No. Don't. Okay, so season uh, internship number two, I decided I was going to go out of state. A lot of kids were going out of state, you know, kids were going to big name courses. And I was like, you know, I don't want to go to, but I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not throwing, any, I don't want to throw, piss anybody off here. Okay, I'm just, this is the way that That's I okay. felt. This is the way I felt looking at my if you feel like you've been put down or you feel pissed off, I say that's the person's problem. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to go, go to a. Yeah, I didn't want to go to a facility where I was going to be one of nine interns, right? I didn't want. To, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have kind of a more of a personal um, relationship with the superintendent, with with the staff. So I wanted to stay with family. So where where could I go? Where did I have family that was living in, in the United States? So. Um, Laurel, Maryland. I had my aunt Ann and my uncle Jeff lived in Laurel, Maryland. So I did some research and, and what courses in that area stuck to the same sort of style that I liked. Tree lined fairways, tight fairways, small greens, small bunkers. Small greens because I know I'm going to be walk mowing them. Small bunkers because I know I'm going to be hand raking them. And tight fairways because it's just nice, right? I love the tree line fairway look. I, I just that's just something that I love. So I'd say I miss that. I miss I that looked at, probably um, some of the most about playing golf out here. Yeah. How it, many it, trees? Right. Up north. So I looked at uh, Bethesda Country Club, I looked at Columbia Country Club, and I looked at another course that was in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and I forget the name of that, but I remember the sweet gum trees at that facility, and I'll never forget it. No, thanks. Okay. Don't like them. We have one on our facility, and that, thank God we haven't cut that down yet. So, yeah, they stick like they're like Velcro to turf, man. It's just horrible. 
Shocking they um, call them gumdrop trees or whatever the fuck you trees. call them. Yeah. So I interviewed at Columbia and that, that was uh, interesting. Um, that was, uh, he was, I forget his name, the superintendent, but he, he commuted from Baltimore to Columbia every day, which was like just an insane commute, heavy smoker. Uh, you know, the office smelled like cigarettes and it was just, it was just a difficult interview. It was like, oh man, I'm not prepared for this one, you know? And, uh, but Bethesda, I ended up settling on Bethesda and that superintendent at the time, his name was Dean Graves. And this guy was the top of his class in the transition zone in the, the DC area. I mean, he was a big time player from what I can remember. All right. He had his name in the GCM magazines a few times for his cultural practices with his organic matter on his rough. In this, they had ryegrass sparrows in the transition zone with a disease called gray leaf spot. They could wipe out your fairways in two days, right? So this guy's spraying heritage on the regular, which is ex just extremely expensive. To, yeah. We, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, so that, so the day, so I took that job with Dean and uh, the assistant's name was Mark Kingora. I don't, I don't know where he's at. I'm pretty sure. Uh, after after I left, Dean went to the Chevy Chase Club for a long time, and then I'm pretty sure he's retired. I called on him uh, about a month and a half ago, and I just never actually reached out to him. I didn't have the cojones to just call. I think about him a lot. Well, so if you do, then call him. Yeah, call well, there's a, there's a lesson for all the interns. You know, call your old superintendent hey, to check out on him and let exactly. him know. Exactly. Someday you might need a job. You know, I keep in touch, even though mine's retired. Actually, I need to call him. Oh, so, it's bedtime. Not yet, man. Just you, we're, we're just getting started, oh, my friend. Yeah, I know. So, um, so anyways, I yeah, mean, not to kind of like drag this on, but we got to go like, let's move along to, you know, where are you today? You know, right. how'd you get, you know, how'd you I, end up at Drumlands? Huh. Uh, we're going to, we're going to cut through a lot to get to where we're at at Drumlands. All right. So. I was at, unless you have a wild story that has to be told, give it to well, us. It's, it's, listen, I've been in this business for 20, over 20 years, right? I've worked right. at a lot of golf courses. I've been a superintendent at different facilities. I've been assistants at different facilities. I've worked under you know, different superintendents. So um, to tell you how I got my job today, I was fired from an 18 hole executive course facility that uh, I would, took the job because I was making more money than I was making before. That's why I took the job because of the money. Yeah. That job put me on Paxil and put me on anti-anxiety medication. Um, was extremely Whoa. stressful. Um, did I every day waking up, not wanting to talk to my boss, not wanting that phone to ring, praying to God, the phone didn't ring. Um, praying to God every day that my mechanic's truck was in that parking lot so I could have my equipment ready to go for the day. I mean, if your mechanic is the lifeblood of your facility, you know, without a good mechanic, without a, somebody oh, yeah. to fix your equipment, you're shit out of luck. For right? sure. So treat your mechanic well. So at any rate, I was there for 13 months, right? And I had to fire the mechanic and that wasn't good. And then I was let go via email and then I called, I texted and I emailed the owner of the corp company why I got terminated and I never got a response. So now here I am laid off. Is the facility and, operating still today? Yeah. 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 
That's and, shitty. Well, here, here's, here's a sidetrack. For 26 years, I've worked at a restaurant here in, in Liverpool. And that we guy- You do see the, the restaurant. restaurant. Is it Italian yeah. restaurant? I want to get to that restaurant. I need to know about the noodles. He comes in every week. He was in tonight, for a matter of fact, for dinner. Wow. I look at his ticket. Mike Mohawk or Mike says, see that right there? Yep. That's your well ex-boss's that's your ex-boss's ticket right there. Oh yeah? Nice. So nice. I'm fired. <clears throat> I'm you know, just trying to figure out what I'm gonna do because I'm in a saturated market. There isn't a lot of opportunity, you know, for an assistant. You know, I've bounced around. I've been a, a superintendent. Here I am. I'm in this, I, I take whatever job I can get right now, you know, looking into landscaping, I'm looking into whatever I can do to just maintain. Right. And I get a phone call and it's, uh, says, Hey, um, the Drumlin's uh, superintendent, Pete McPartland, uh, his assistant just walked off the job. Here's Pete's number. Give him a call. So I call him. And we had a conversation and he hired me over the phone. So bingo, got my, got my, my career back. Right. Um, so it's been six years in April that nice. I've been the assistant there. Um, so here I am. Nice. Six oh. years. Six, um, very fortunate. Um, I, have, I have a good job. All right. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at. I'm very lucky to be where I'm at. Um, it's a good place to work. You know, nice. we have we have in some capacity the backing of Syracuse University behind us, which okay. nobody else in Syracuse has, right? I mean, that's a huge yeah, that's huge pocketbook that can help in a time of, of right. We don't use that hardly at all, but it's there if need be, right? We struggle with our equipment. We're using zero turns. 60 inch zero turns four guys with these things have at least 5,000 hours on them we got them as hand-me-downs from the university four years five six years ago wow. we're still using them and that's what we use to mow our our public side rough rough right we have we say greens. what's that at least you didn't say greens no <laughs> we, um we have we listen we have ample equipment to do what we need to do okay we have Jacobson uh, greens came for triplexes for uh, greens and, and uh, tees. They have two John Deere, can't tell you the names of uh, fairway units for the east side fairways. Yeah. We do one Jacobson fairway mower for the public side fairways. It has like 6,400 hours on it or some crazy number. Everything is old, right? The zero. We're operating out of two shops or one shop? One shop, one mechanic. He's 64 years old. He's ready to retire any day. Oh, no lift. The shop, the shop ceiling is no more than twelve feet tall. No more. We have no lift. He's on. He's on, he's on cardboard working on the floor. Oh, Andy, go ahead. I, I don't actually have a question. Andy, totally derails the conversation. But I'd be remiss. Yeah, I'd be remiss not to say I love your shirt. It says, Don, shut the fuck up. So I should probably I shut up. I had to say Actually, when you were so, telling that yeah. story, I saw it. And I was like, Andy, yeah. Andy yeah. our producer, has the so worst good. connection in the world right yeah. now. That was brutal on your end. Yeah. He was on, brutal on your end. Everything was caught up. Andy, yeah. who do you want? What, you're in Nebraska, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you guys upgraded to past dial-up yet? dial-up? 
I'm on my phone hotspot. I'm just mm. gonna leave for a minute and try to come back. I'm just gonna go. It's good to All see right, we'll you. Let you in. Come back in. It worked fine. Now it doesn't. I know. Tell your neighbor to get off of Call of Duty for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Let's get back to Davey. So, on this golf course, uh, how many guys you got? Regular before uh, pre-COVID, we do about fourteen guys. All right? Total and for the two golf courses. That's correct. That's okay. total. That's everybody. That's me, the superintendent mechanic. That's everybody on staff. Fourteen. How people. many acres? Oh Jesus, a lot. <laughs> a lot, dude. We have a lot. I mean, let me just go. Oh, we have. Just to go to the boss's texts from earlier, we have 24 acres of east fairways, okay? We have at least another 24 acres of uh, public side fairways. So that's almost 50 acres of fairways. You can at least triple that for rough. It's a, probably 150 acres of rough that we have to cut. A lot of grass. <laughs> and as I drive around, you know, as I drive around, I'm thinking, why aren't we naturalizing more of these areas? Why? because people got to find their balls, you know, cut the rough as short as you possibly can cut the fairways that, you know, we cut our fairways at 600 East and West and, uh, and they're fantastic. You know, we're yeah. bailing hay on both sides. We don't fertilize our public side fairways. We don't water our public side fairways. We only water greens and teas. We do that because of water, because we're buying water from the city, you right? Have direct, yeah. wow. direct main line into the pond, right? So, you so your no fairways are bare. One more time. Do you, do you ever have periods drought where you're just no bare fairways? Never. Fairways. Um, if once the grass dies, the crabgrass kicks in, and the grass always has some sort of green hue to it, all right? right. And then, and then once the crabgrass dies, then the next year the poet kicks in, and and it's it's amazing how much how fast our grass grows on the property. Our fairways, the whole property, the entire property is compacted beyond compacted, <laughs> and the grass grows beyond. We can't keep up with it. We cannot keep. It's amazing how fast it grows. We don't fertilize the rough. We don't you know aerate hardly anything. Nothing. We don't spike anything. We don't fur you know. It just grows so fast. We can't keep up with it. It's huh. amazing. How uh, how much rain you guys get up there? They mo well, they mostly uh, it's all loamy soil, right? Well, it's it's pretty heavy uh, clay in, in spots. Okay. I mean, uh, if you watch some of the videos of what I post of our greens uh, mixture, it's if I was to take my plug right out of my cup cutter and set it on the ground within three days, that's going to be as hard as pavement, right? Wow. Hard as pavement. And so how do you expect roots to grow through that? And son of a bitch, they do. Yeah. It's a, they will grow. It's all mutating. All mutating. So the, the public side greens, all we do to those is mow them and treat them with chemicals and fertilizer and water them. And that's it. They get no rolling. They get no aerification. They get no spiking. They're some of the best public greens in the area. Spongy beyond spongy. Thatchy. They love them, love them. Oh. Public loves them. They're lush. They're help. They just they love. Them, right. Can beat the ball into the back of the cup. Yep. 
and then our and then our and then our private side greens we roll them four and then you know uh, we roll them five days a week four or five days a week we're cutting them six seven days a week you got hockey pucks for cups there's no roots to speak of it's just surface appearance you know there's you go the roots are there and the aerification holes you know yeah if uh i guess uh if you had to what's your biggest issue turf wise at that facility like as far as you know you de- dealing disease pressure no nah, it- i mean hardly we, we we hardly have any disease at all i mean some i'm sure courses have it but we're we're on a, a pretty we don't we don't do anything for our fairways we might see some dollar spot when it's yeah. time to see dollar spot but we don't see brown patch we see some peri ring so what um, you know, we don't, you know, no anthracnose, no yellow, no yellow patch, no, no, none of those, nothing, nothing, right? Now we're going to get blown up with it. Sometimes, <laughs> we, sometimes we get some, some pythium on a couple of our, on our heavy bent grass tees, yeah. but we know that, right? Um, we treat our tees with fungicides, but we could probably do it less. I mean, you just don't see, our fairways are just like our, our tees and we don't see, really see a lot of disease on them. So, right. We could probably, you know, do with less than that. Um, but it's our, our height of cut on our greens, uh, we cut them uh, at 135. And we just really started top dressing this season. I've been there six years. He's been there you know, over 10, 11, 12 years now. And it's finally, they're allowing us to do it weekly. And it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't yeah. stress it enough to people. If you can put the sand down, put the freaking sand down. Yeah. Now, it's how you get the sand into the canopy, right? Some people want to brush it in. Some people want to water it in. Some people want to do this. To each his own. Right. Get the get freaking sand, sand into the canopy. That's it, right? It's easy, easy as that, boys and gals out there. Just get the just freaking sand in there. Right now, if Maybe you're membership. I think that should be a t-shirt. Just be like, Dave, get, get the freaking sand in. That's it. I yeah. mean... <sighs> but uh, so, cool stuff. Andy's gonna be growing grass. I want you to ask me that question again because I think I it, 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 to answer that question, it's hard to really answer that question because it all depends on on so many different things. Okay, so to give you a for instance, this particular season we did not do a second application of our Primo Proxy on our private side greens. The seed head development was atrocious, right? Yeah. Bad. Mm-hmm. Membership has to complain once about it. Greens are great. Talk to a member today. Hey, how are you? Great. Dave, I just want to let you know, the chatter around the course has been, the greens have been fantastic this week. Perfect. Greens are burning up. They, <laughs> they're burning up, man. You can just, just burning up. Greens are fantastic. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the yeah, old saying yeah. goes, dead grass is fast grass. So, so we now got, we got the COVID, right? So everybody is got dealing with it differently, right? Some memberships, they are just sticking to the schedule. We're doing the mulch, we're doing the dye, we're doing this, we're sticking to the plan. Well, we're not, right? We're not doing mulch this year. This is a mulcher. This is a hundred yards of mulch here. Not this year, right? So nowhere. Place, it just looks a little off, right? With no mulch around. Peter, member says to him, Places, it's the best of places looked in 50 years. <laughs> Dave, we got no mulch on the course. 
we got clover all over the place around tea surrounds and green surrounds. Right now it's flowering. So clover, it's a great time to go spray tonight. It's the best places look, you hear it every year. It's a place, best, I mean, best best place look, perspective 20 years. reality. Yeah, exactly. Reality. So it's like, and you know, well, I say thank you very much. I got a new boss. All I see are imperfections, right? Our teeth need <laughs> nope, to be cut no. lower. Our teeth need to be cut vertically, aggressively. I'm talking like get the grading on it and beat the shit out of them, right? Yeah, get some sand yeah. on that shit. Yeah, get but, some sand on I, that. And that's what I told Peter. I said, listen, number 11, heavy bent grass, heavy thatch. We're going to start double cutting it. Now, here's a shout out to Chris Burnell down in Atlanta. He tells me, double cut your teeth up and back, up and back. So I do it and it drastically looks better, right? Take get the washboarding out a little bit. So I didn't tell Peter I'm putting the baskets on the triplex mower. I just put the baskets on the mower and just went to town. Now he probably would have told one of the other kids to take the baskets off, but he's not going to tell me because he, he knows that I can handle whatever the time restrictions are with the basket. Right. He sees the results of what the baskets on the machines are. Dave, teeth looks great. Thanks. Yep. Baskets were staying on the team mode, right? And then I tell him, we should really got to put the baskets on the approach mode. It's going to cut down on the seed heads. It's going to cut down on the this. I'm working on it, man. All right? I'm working on it. Yeah, just go do it. Maybe well, I don't cut the approach. I don't cut the approaches. That's next, the thing. Next, yeah. week, next week, you're you on approaches. A you got to yeah. do a doer, Dave. No, so here's the deal. Next week we have next a Next week a on the job board, we got Dave mowing approaches. <laughs> well, next week we can I just interrupt real quick? Um, <laughs> yeah, who we in, yeah, who we interrupted? <laughs> we went out and interrupted you. I don't know whose idea it is to say this week is sponsored by Bloody Mary's. That's but when I heard that, I laughed my ass off. I'm just all smiles and just like, dude, Bloody Mary's? That's I don't producer. like Bloody Marys, but that's hilarious, man. That's Andy. That's great. That's the big brain on Andy. When yep. his internet's working. Yeah, when his internet's working. And who's who's Thank little who's whose kid is that? Oh, that's mine. My bad. Love, love, love hearing <laughs> oh, the little kid. And whose idea? Whose idea was it with um, what was it? The John Denver song. Whose idea was that? Mine. Uh, there's, a, there's a story behind Fantastic. that. Fantastic. That my little brother was texting me earlier in the week that he didn't like the song. So I fucking oh, oh really? That out loud? Are you kidding me, man? I love that. Oh, he, was, he was bagging the song. Country <laughs> road. Take gotta, me home. Got to give the people what they want, Andy. Yeah. And we did. Yeah, my yeah, little brother Kenny was bagging the song. So I texted no, Andy. So that doesn't that's, that's, no, that's no shoes, Kenny. Yeah. No shoes, Kenny. Hates hates take me home, country road. He's gonna love that car. You know, you talk how about can, no how can No Shoes Kenny hate some John Denver song? There's a longer story. A, a band is he called... a Jimmy Buffett fan at least? He wears no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he eats cheeseburgers in paradise. Yeah, sure he does. Speaking of no shoes, what about Saturday morning water detail on a golf course with flip flops? Is that all acceptable? the time? Yeah. Oh, dude. Over I over seed, I live in a to work. It's a miracle. Yeah, last year I'll take you to get a story about see, last not, summer. Not, see, Matt sends my, me a picture of him fixing eyes. a main line, and he's got flip flops on. <laughs> see, that's not. I won't do he's that. It's, it's all usually during overseed while we're babysitting water. I always have flip flops up because you just 
splashing through the wet, you know, all that heavy water. And, you know, typically when you're going out there, you're walking out there to fix a head that's probably stuck on. So it's even bigger fucking puddle, just easier to wear the flip flops and then stick your foot out at the next one. That's watering and wash it off and off you go. Last weekend, last weekend, I got called back to the golf course. They had a geyser and uh, they didn't know how to turn it off. So I go out there and shoes. I mean, by the end of me trying to fix this thing, I was barefoot. And I was like, <laughs> socks. I was throwing shoes. I was yelling at my kids, get the cart. <laughs> Take my shoes. <laughs> I was getting and those two little shits are just running around having the time of their life. Yeah, I'll tell you, my, my first talk. experience yeah. with, with seeing a superintendent, I was at, uh, must have been last season. There it is. The ice in the cup. I love hearing it. Can I get an ice, ice in the metal cup? Can I get that real quick? I need to hear that sound. I got no ice. <laughs> You motherfuckers. These so um, bitches. They did it. So when we do it, Andy, it's just a thank you to you. It's a thank you to you when we do it. That's all it is. We sometimes forget to thank you on air. Glad to have you here on air. Funny, Andy. Andy That's never says thank you back. Yeah. Hey. The rum's kick the rum's kicking in. Uh oh, the rum's kicking in. There we go. Yep. You know, I don't know about the flip-flops. Personally, I would not allow uh, – I would yell at my boss if he came on the property with flip-flops on. Uh, if you got, if you dealt with the overseed issue, yeah. I think you'd look at it totally different. Probably right. You're riding around for two weeks watching an entire golf course grow in. Yeah. So you're just you're circling the golf course, watching, watching heads. Make they sure turn, heads are spinning. Spinning the whole time. And you got Can we just cover something real heads. quick? You, no. you, you said something, 1.8% of your water is the total water usage of, uh, was that a, that a yeah. state? Yeah, that's a state of groundwater. That, that was mind blowing to me because I'll sit there and I'll, and I'll do, and I'll sit there and I'll be all right, Palm Desert, there's a hundred golf courses and each golf course is using a million gallons of water a night. That's a hundred million gallons of water every day. Now multiply that times 365 days. That's just one area. Now you got to go to Phoenix. Yeah, but you're not doing, you're not doing a million a night when it's in the wintertime. In the summertime, for sure. But do you understand what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. So, and then when you say to me, you posted it's 1.8% and that, that's unbelievable. So where's all the other water? Is that agriculture? Agriculture. And and the people. Unbelievable. Yeah, humans consume a lot of water. Yeah, humans consume a lot. We do. Flushing fucking toilets. I quit. May I be an advocate for low flow toilets? You should see my shitter right now. It's full of turds. <laughs> I don't want we to flush see your once a week. Shut on up. Sunday, Sunday at lunch we flush all <laughs> toilets. Well, as we've heard treat. before, sometimes it's you just go ahead and shit your pants. Isn't it? Isn't it up? Shit is full. Guess this yeah. one's going in the pants. We do. I just go to my neighbors. <laughs> we can do about nine. We can do about a thousand gallons a minute, roughly about nine hundred gallons a minute on our irrigation system. We do roughly about two hundred and fifty. <laughs> excuse me, about three hundred thousand gallons when we're really pumping it up, right? On average, we do about 14 minutes a night on our greens, and then our tees will get about, you know, 20 to 25 minutes, and then fairways three times a week will get about 25. How often are you watering greens? Almost every night. Every night? Yeah. 14 minutes. 
Uh, it depends on the day. Really depends on the day, man. Some days are worse than others. It's like this, dude. Mother's Day, I was, it was snowing. Two weeks later, it's like 87 degrees. So, I mean, the plants are just like, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. You know what they say? Know. You know what they say about Liverpool? If you don't like oh, the weather, just wait five minutes. Well, it, yeah, it does. It, it's crazy. It's just nuts. <laughs> so, uh, the wind has been really bad. The pat this week with the window is really bad. Yeah. Andy. So, why, why is Andy's microphone muted? Uh, oh, no, it's not. I mean, I'm just a producer, so I'll pop in. Oh, Andy, you got a fucking up and down. Andy's got an up and down washer dryer. Woo! Nice. Does that mean Dave's got it? one? No, I you don't. Got one too? I love it, dude. I, my, we had one of those when I, my grandmother had one of those when I was growing up. I love it. Nice. I love the up and down. It's love very convenient. Yeah. Super nice on the back. Oh, I know, right? I never, got the, I, I never invested in the lifters for the washers and dryers. I just keep them right on the ground level. You got to have the drawers, bro. Yeah, that's what I hear. I don't have them. I just got a top load. They cost so. like $300 for a piece of, go get a couple four by four, saw them off, and then make a little thing for them. And I don't give a shit if it looks ghetto. <laughs> no. That's probably why. Oh, shit. Hey, so uh, if uh, anybody's still listening to this, we're going to get into Dave's got a uh, little buddy that he hangs out with, his little baby. Why don't we dive into who Woodstein is? Let's see Woodstein. I'll bring him. Uh, let's get Woodstein. Oh, he's Come right on, there. Yes. <laughs> Dave will like always post pictures. He snores like a bastard. He looks kind of like Garfield. And he's got two siblings, I think, Thing One and Thing Two. That we're never going to find them. They're underneath the counter somewhere. I'm <laughs> sure of that. But look so at Woody. You, I'll tell you a quick story. Does it doesn't look real. Yeah. Dan, have you ever seen him bathe, Woody? Yes. Actually, yeah, I he just hangs out in the shower. Just hangs show, out. Show those nice pictures of Woody in the shower. <laughs> nice. Classic. Yeah. That is classic. I'll tell you a quick story about the cat. So I was, I was seeing this girl, and we were hanging out one Sunday morning, having coffee smoking cigarettes. I don't smoke anymore. I gave that up, by the way. And I love looking at the Sunday paper uh, through the uh, classifieds and uh, look at jobs and see what's going on. And uh, looking through the pet section. And lo and behold, there was somebody trying to get rid of short-haired exotics or Persian cats. I called. Immediately, I called. And now she's like, give me your number. I'll send you some pictures. And she sent me a picture of this one. And I was like, Oh my God, I want that cat. So she was like 40 miles north. I said, I'll be up in two days. I went up on a Wednesday and uh, there were a bunch of little little fur balls in there, little tiny ones. Then there was this one. He had uh, fleas, ear infection, and uh, it was, wasn't in a good place. So I brought him home and on the way home, I called the vet and I said, uh, can you get him in uh, today? Yup. So we got him in that day, and um, he was seven at the time, and now he's probably about eleven. He's nice. just a wonderful, a wonderful docile cat. He, when I put him in the bath the first time, not a bath, it's like 
a shower, right? I <laughs> can't see Dave's pulling cat around his mouth. <laughs> he's, he's legit just petting the cat, just petting it, and then wipes his mouth with Literally the cat talking. hand. <laughs> you did that like a true professional. Didn't nice. even give me a... Like you do this every day. Every day. So I'm talking and clearing cat hair. Man, look at this. He hasn't... He, he's now just... He's just starting to... All right. You want to go? Right. He doesn't like being on live. I was hoping he'd snore for us. I'm going to say thanks, man, for having, for coming on and being our first guest. You're number one on, uh, on the list, and you get to remember that. And we'll, uh, at some time, we're going to have to catch back up with you. We got to get you back. We got too many time stones when we're going turned. through the fucking stupid overseed. Andy, Matthew, Danielson, had a great time. Thanks, man. It was awesome, man. Plus, have you. Later. Be safe. All right, there we go. I hope you enjoyed that little piece uh, of the interview that we did with Dave from Drumlin's Country Club up in Liverpool, New York. But uh, if you uh, are itching for some more, like I said, we are going to drop that thing on uh, probably early next week. But uh, we'll get it out there and check us out on the old Twitter. We'll fire it out on that thing for sure when we get it up. But hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, the rest of it, it gets a little, it gets sideways for sure during that thing it was fun yeah it was, it was fun it was cool for our it's first interview is first interview in the books dave wins yeah and uh he was always giving me the first yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's fucking hilarious but anyway let's uh let's catch up with hack attack uh you did not make it out last week to 500 club uh we played 500 club up in north phoenix uh shout to flynn uh maddie flynn the superintendent out there does a great job on that place it was in really good condition as it usually always is but this year we're out there a little bit early um we're always there it seems like yeah. july 20th ish yeah this is the first year i didn't make it I yeah usually, i usually try to make that one but it seems like he picks the first day where the humidity yeah. kicks in i think <laughs> we say it every year we play up there it's like jesus christ it's you know it's 35% humidity and we're dying out there. You know, two 40. years ago, that lady, I saw that lady T-Bones. Yeah, that's right. You almost <laughs> didn't make it to that one, time. too. It was insane. Yeah. Good thing you got the first responder and you as wheel as, over. She was okay. Yeah, she was done. Yeah. <laughs> I hopefully don't implicate myself, but I'm looking around like six people on 911. I did go to the lady yeah. that, she got, that got T-Boned. She was good. On with OnStar. And I was like... I'm going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a hundred people here, and I I don't know how to do any of that stuff. So I got as long as there's someone around, there's someone good. coming. Yeah, I'm cops out. were on their way. Yeah, sorry. Don't look for me to save you in a car accident. I'm just not the guy. Uh, no thanks. But anywho, we played up there at 500 Club. Had uh, 36 guys out there, which is another good showing for. They didn't think we were going to be able to pull it off this year, but. It's rolling, uh, so we had uh, five skins out there for 180 bucks a piece, um, and then also we had some proxies sponsored by Synergy Fuel, uh, Simplot, and also Harold's um, threw some stuff out there. Then we had a carryover from when we forgot to put out the proxy on 13 at my place so uh southwest turf support had that dozen golf balls in the hat <laughs> go to 500 club win a proxy and you get a desert canyon hat <laughs> thanks for coming but hey at least you get something out of it but so this week uh by the time you all listen we'll have played dove valley ranch we got that going on at 12 30 uh, last i heard we have 46 guys playing this is wild I hope they all show up. Um, 
that's impressive again for yeah. not being able to do it this year. Usually, uh, we're in crushing. years past, like we get forty six at your place because the first because it's and the then first it kind of dwindles. Yep, for sure. So far, so good for you guys. Yep. Uh, so it's cranking, and then uh, next week we have uh, Phoenix Country Club. We haven't played hack there in a couple of years, so this will be nice to make it back yeah, down that, there. That's gonna be a big show. I like that golf course, old Parkland style. Mm-hmm. They play the uh, champions. Uh, Charles Schwab Cup yeah, there, Schwab Cup there. The final. Um, that's always it's a pretty good time to go to. Um, nothing like what we're used to with the TPC, mm-hmm. the Waste Management Tour. So <laughs> it's uh, much more relaxed, and uh, you can easily walk that golf course. You know, get from spot yeah. to spot because it's old Parkland style tree, line, big eucalyptus yeah. trees line in the place. Um, so it's easy to get around, but that's a good time. But we'll be out there next, uh, probably next Wednesday, like we usually do Wednesdays. And we'll get a handful there, I bet, because that's one of those clubs that's not yeah. on the list every year, and it's a nice place to play. That'll be a fun one. So that'll be cool. It'd be cool to hear if any other what other associations do that. I know we talk about what we do yep. cactus and pine, or in Kansas City it was kind of different because we got six months of no no golf cause, yep. or whatever. We would go bowling and stuff. So yeah, and I think uh, Dave mentions in that interview that no one up in upstate New York gets together. Yeah, you I, know. Think, I think that's more typical than not. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Yeah, I believe the Carolina guys do it pretty well. That's always the story that we yeah. hear. The Colorado guys apparently do it pretty well uh, as far as getting together. Yeah. Um, I think it also is demographically. You know, when a lot of guys, you know, back east up yeah. north, they get there. Um, winter time that's when they're getting together for their education and things yeah. like that or going out probably for beers all the time and stuff like that just to kind of stay in the mood while there's snow all over your golf yeah course. i mean we're in a pretty diluted you know area with 220 golf courses in the phoenix area i mean it's and it's we're constantly going yeah I mean, it's know. a lot of guys it's easy to get it should be easy to get 40 guys together to play golf right? yeah and it, but it, it yeah it's working out pretty well so let's keep it up and uh if you can't make it like we've said send your crew member send your assistant get anybody out there to represent your club uh-huh don't send the head pro and the bag boys that are complete sticks and just go out there and win money and leave. This is yeah. This is our thing. The guys with shovels and hoses in their hand. Well, most of the guys have hoses in their hand at some point. But um, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyways, that was, that was it. Was too easy. That was too easy. Yeah. But. So, Andy, you can probably yank that out. But no, I'll leave I really it in. Don't care. Okay. Leave it in. Leave it in. Uh, <laughs> But we also do have uh, regular golfers back while we're sticking on this subject. We had the, uh, what was I guess, the Charles Schwab yeah. uh, tournament out at the Colonial. Did you catch any of that? I did watch a little bit of, yeah, golf course looked really good. Yeah, golf course did look really good. Um, it was interesting watching. Well, it wasn't even really that interesting. I thought it was nice. It didn't matter to me Yeah, whether there was... A person out there or whatever. The guys are having yeah. a good time. My viewing it. experience was ruined none by no gallery. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they say viewership was up 50% compared Nothing to last on. year's uh, <laughs> Charles Schwab, you know, which doesn't yeah. usually get a big, you know, it's not a huge tournament where people, yeah. are, you know, usually send in big names, but a lot of them were there because they hadn't played. Yeah. You know, that's one that a lot of guys skip from what I'm hearing. Um, but it was, you know, it was, I kind of got a little weird at times was the announcers i think they feed off the energy of the crowd and so they were 
don't know, a lot of weight was on their shoulders to kind of carry it a little bit more, it seemed. And I don't know, maybe it was they hadn't called a golf tournament in a while and they were kind of a little bit of out of practice. Yeah. I say no because they're on Zoom and ESPN, the Golf Channel, and all these other things constantly talking about it. Then they get thrown out there. I think that probably had a little bit to do, or what I saw yeah. was they didn't feed off of it as much. I wasn't, um, I mean, I didn't miss anything like on a normal Sunday. It was good. And yeah. the finish, I felt so bad for the kid missing the two footer. Yeah, I know. And you, even Daniel Berger, he, he would look like he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't he want to win that way. Yeah, didn't want to. Yeah, for sure. But hey, hey it wins, a, wins a, win. a win, right? Yeah, exactly. You got it. Sometimes it's a little bit of luck or you someone know, else's mishap that gets you the W. You know, I read, I heard Colin Montgomery was saying they need to go to a tournament ball because Bryce and DeChambeau's bombing it too hard. I think he yeah. averaged like 346. <laughs> but he, it's not like he won the tournament running away. Right. I don't yeah. buy all this. We need to lengthen it. We got yeah. a tournament ball and this and that. Like, That's yeah, his choice. If it started going where Bryson's winning every every tournament because he's out driving everybody it's just getting too yeah. easy then I said we start making a change but we can only back these dudes up so far I mean, right I, you imagine playing a golf course 7200 yards yeah I know you yeah. definitely want to get on the beans and fucking start hitting at 340 well I think I was watching that four play they were playing the Kisner playing Kisner and there yeah. was like a par four it was like 526 yards par four yeah like I can't yeah you know how hard that would be for just the average Joe in case oh, yeah just, Bombs three, bombs driver, bombs three wood. Like, I think par. Yeah. That's good. They're so good. But, I mean, what was it? Rory was averaging. And Rory, they say, is the best striker of the golf ball or the driver of the golf ball. Yeah. Um, and he averaged 325. So Bryson's outpowering him by 25 yards. I, c- I could That's be a wrong. Blast. I thought it was 346. Could be 326. No, almost. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Positive. you're right. Yeah. And average the field yeah the field is like 296 beat, that yeah. means he beats them down there 370 at a time yeah but again <laughs> like he he didn't win right and he's not winning by 50 strokes because he's striping it past everybody but that is fucking hammering oh uh, yeah the ball dude that that's insane he was, ta- he was taking some fucked up lines you know with yeah. the ability to do it yeah if you can bomb it cool but like i said he didn't i mean he was win. in contention but he didn't win yeah, and he's, I mean, he's a contending golfer. Where do you feel about him? That guy's a polarizing golf. I kind of like whatever. I don't, I don't care if he wins. You don't like or dislike. I seem, it seems to be very polarizing the way he is. I mean, yeah. some people just I don't like him because how intense he is and how showy he can be. He does, he's whatever to me. Yeah, he I think he's an all right dude. bagged for that video that he put out there, what he was doing in quarantine. All right, I'll check that out. I'm sure he's got it up on his Twitter and his Instagram and stuff. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's 15 minutes of no sound of just watching oh, him like, like come back. move out of his house and you know him out in the trees, like looking at which trees he's going to take out at his new property. And he's driving around this pretty, I mean, obviously sweet Bentley, but weird music. I don't know. It's just weird. It looks like it was produced in a day. And it's all dated at the bottom, like what day of quarantine yeah. it was. You know, it shows him in the swing cage. With, uh, what is this swing coach? That dude that was with Tiger for a while. Uh, Chris uh, Cuomo, uh-huh. whatever his name is. So he's in his living room cage, hitting balls, shooting hoops. Looked like they had a good time the whole time. But, I mean, it was a weird video, though. Weird. I mean, if you watch for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, checked out it, too. But yeah. 
sucked me in, I guess. I was mesmerized. I was like, I was like the interview with Dave. I was mesmerized the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So, anyways, golf is back on next week. Where do they go? Where are they going this week? Are they going to Hilton Head? Yes. That's where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. I think pretty much a lot of the same names are going to be there. I'm going to watch. Yeah. Nothing else going on. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, we got golf coming back and. did you watch that uh, long summer or whatever? whatever? No, because it's fucking everybody bagged it. And it was all about Mark McGuire. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, I want to watch Sammy. I'm a Cub fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I have it. I will. But I heard it's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's, I mean, I can't say it's terrible. But um, I see all Cubs perspective. You got to understand. Right. I got no. Cubs Twitter. I got listen to Cubs right. fucking radio. And I would say, but it. It tells you nothing that you didn't know already. You know, that's... why Everybody's saying, why don't they just fucking address the steroids? Yeah. yeah Baseball needs to fucking just suck up. That's we should have talked about this. I know. Baseball um, just needs to fucking man up and just admit what happened. It saved baseball. Steroids oh, saved baseball. 100%. You think any fan gives a flying fuck? This should be on the episode. Yeah. I think well, any like fucking anyway. fan gives a shit if they did steroids. It was awesome. No, absolutely. I could give a fuck if every athlete, and this is my true yeah. feeling, I'd have to throw it into, I would say 50% is too easy of a number. I would say 60% of professional athletes in the four major sports, which basketball, baseball, football, hockey, yeah. Sixty percent are doing something that is either illegal, hasn't even been mentioned yet, yeah. done in other countries. Um, something that a lot of people don't know that they're I think doing. This is the easiest question to ask. If you had to take steroids or any performance enhancement to be the best in your to make it to be a professional yeah. athlete, it's like take this. You're gonna go play major yeah. league baseball. Well, fuck, don't I take did him. I did him in college. I've tried him, but you know what I mean. Like, don't yeah. take it. You're gonna be a golf course superintendent. Yeah, you're gonna make two hundred million dollars, or one hundred yeah. million, or sixty million, or thirty million, or four. We grew up. We call. Or it. you're gonna go make whatever. Yeah. You know, like you're gonna be an accountant. What yeah. are you gonna be like? Fuck yeah! Like put that straight in my ass. Absolutely. I mean, we call Fitchburg, Massachusetts, the fucking steroid capital of the world. There was so much of it running around out there. And if everybody, and else everybody was it, fucking doing. Guess what? It, just it, to do them. It didn't diminish the product. No. No, it made it better. Yeah. And pitchers were throwing fucking smoke. Yeah, pitchers you know, were doing it. It was, uh, and it's not even really that they were throwing smoke. It's that they could continue to do it. But so for baseball to just completely ignore an era when they fucking strike during the strike in '94, baseball was rock bottom. Yep. And the summer of '98 saved baseball. Yeah. And for baseball to just act like this whole fucking era didn't exist is bananas. It's crazy to me. Yes, one hundred percent. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting what they're gonna have to do to get it back now. Yeah. Do you think they're not gonna fucking play? Oh no. Owners are fucked. No. Everybody, all of them are fucks at this point. Um, I would rather them say, you know what? Well, here's the problem is they're dirty in their own fucking face right now, both sides, by bringing this 
to you know it's not it's absolutely not the love of the game it's a huge fucking business i understand that part of it but they need to stop griping about the money and worry about the game and the future of their dollars both sides yeah. of it because they're about to kick their own self in their balls yeah. by not having a season over this little bickering now if they just come out and say hey man we can't fucking do this it's not working out. We can't get the travel down. This fucking pandemic thing. Baseball needs to be X amount of games or it's not even a fucking season. Yeah. Or it's going to have this fucking asterisk next to it. Whatever it is. But guys are going to get hurt, I think. Because they're going to go out there and fucking try to swing out of their ass. Try to fucking throw their shoulder. You know, they're going to end up throwing their shoulder out. They're gonna, it's, it'd be interesting. It's like, going to hurt later. Like who, who gives a shit? Like if you're on a... I don't know who's the bottom. If you're a Pittsburgh Pirate, what yeah. the fuck? Unless you're in a contract here, do you care? It's like the NBA. Like these yeah. dudes, you just kind of listen to these guys. Like, all right, we're gonna have the NBA back. The guys that don't want to play. If you fucking play for a team that's out of it, yeah. you got to go down there. But you made the the bracket, the tournament, right? You got to go down there. You got to do a month of training camp, right? Only to get fucking swept in two games, or you know, yeah. play eight games. It's like fuck that. But but if you're the Lakers. It's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking show up. Yeah, and right. then you got Kyrie. That guy's out to fucking lunch. And he's out to lunch anyways. Ten days before he makes a statement about we don't need to play, he's fucking, uh, he's mad that he can't go to Orlando because it's only active players. He wants to go be with his teammates. Oh, and man. now he switches his tune where we shouldn't even be fucking playing. Or I guess text, there's text messages that came out today that Kyrie says the players should just go start their own league. Like that guy's out to fucking watch. Yeah. Flat earther. Yeah, flat earther too. So, But like, I mean, I listened to Chuck was on my, I don't know, one of those morning shows. I think Golick and Wingo. Yeah. Uh, Charles Barkley. And he was like, dude, you have to play. Like, that, like you got to save your game. Right. You're going to lose fans. Why yeah. risk losing fans and trying to get them back? Like, if you, if you have an opportunity to go play and the fans are excited about a 24-man team bracket. Or, right. Yep. Go fucking play. Yeah, I think hoops can be, can come back for sure. Baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's a global game. Baseball. Yeah. You're going to need another zero here. Or if they all decide to say, hey, hold on, we need, or, you know, whether it's baseball or basketball or hockey, uh, they all say, hey, we got to stop. What do you do with the pays? I mean, they didn't play anything. My vote is they don't get paid. You know, that's the yeah. bite that they got to take. Now, if you're in a contract here, that all becomes very legal bullshit you know as far as all right do i get the extension for yeah. one year that i didn't play but it's not for the money that i want now i'm a year older you know all that shit plays into it so what i think what i like what i think the biggest thing about finishing is uh like nhl you've got the arizona coyotes traded for taylor hall yeah mvp two years ago they're gonna go for the cup now and they trade away a first round pick or whatever now that that pick's gone Taylor Hall is going to walk because he's yep. in contract year. This was their shot. Now they're going to get fucked because of a pandemic. Right. You know, that's the shit. It's like, all right, now you're fucked because you went for it, but you never really had a chance, and you lose on the revenue of maybe winning the Stanley Cup because mm-hmm. that. I feel like you almost have to finish because of that. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, and that's not the only situation because you know there's other teams. But no, yeah, I'm saying like that's just a local example of a team like you know Arizona. We don't. The team's been bad so bad, or for so long. Yeah, but like to go all in and get Taylor Hall is an excitement, and then he loses it all, and he's gonna walk, and he might 
now you don't have a first-round pick. Right. Now you don't have Taylor Hall. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, it's almost like, fuck, when's the trade? Can you trade anybody now? You know? It's to a huge That's contender. where I think you, you, have to, you have to finish, just for those reasons alone. Yeah, you got to have to have something. It may be <laughs> fucked up and weird, but you got to have something yeah. where... Let's just get your name out there. Just get your name out there. Yeah. And, I mean... Show the fans we care. We're going to show up. We're going to play. Yeah. Um, and yeah. plus the TV. I mean, they got to make their money. The TV rights. The local TV exactly. rights. Exactly. That's where they make their fucking money. So they got to get that going. Yep. But... But I would say, back to the whole steroid thing, is fucking... Every single one of them does it. Does well, something. Yeah. Did you watch The Lance? No, I'm uh, sorry. I heard a fucking total dick. Do you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, he is... Uh, I mean, he's a he's a dick, but... Again, I think it's, it's that killer mentality. You know, he's a fucking psycho, and he was going to do anything he could yeah. to fucking win. You know, I wouldn't... I, I listened to some... I can't remember who it was, but they make a good point. Like, he was a shitbag. He definitely is a shitbag, but... He did a lot for cancer research. Oh. Our, like, Livestrong was a big deal. He could have, he might have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Yeah. So as much as he was a fuck, there, I mean, he did yeah. he did good shit, but he was still yeah. just a fucking ass. I mean, I mean it's, it's funny how, you know, here, cycling is not a fucking sport. Yeah. You know, in our eyes, you know, or a major sport or even any sort of money maker. Yeah. And... Every fucking year, the whole world was, or the whole United States was watching and pulling for that fucking dude. And he was kicking ass. And, you know, the steroid thing, fuck it. It's the most doped sport there is, is cycling. There isn't a dude there that wasn't doing it. Right. You know, and they cover that, that, hey, everyone. So the only way to compete in this was to do it. Yeah. So just eat it. Yeah. The All whole these sports sport. and want to fucking brush it away. Well, meanwhile, everybody else knows. Just yeah. fucking eat it, except for what that era was. Yeah. And fucking move on, learn from it. But and I guarantee you, it's still going on. It did guarantee. nothing but good for your sport. Yeah, I know. It never fucked your sport once. And if you don't believe in it, fine. <laughs> Sit at your fucking office job. Yeah. Eating Twinkies and all this other shit. Don't if you can't bend over to fucking feel the ground ball. Don't bitch about the guy that can. That's fucking juicing. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? It does nothing to your life. Oh, I'm never going to watch again. You can see that fucking person, you know, yeah. peering out of the corner of their eye at the TV, catching up on their favorite fucking team. <laughs> so fuck those dudes. And it goes down to the guys that stand on, you know, ESPN, the talking yeah. heads that never fucking played the game. Yeah. Oh, this is, this guy's a fucking piece of shit. Oh, steroids is so bad. It's like, oh, fuck you. You should have taken them. Because how did you get into journalism? Probably by playing the fucking sport to yeah. begin with. But you stunk. So, hey, maybe if you would have fucking used them, maybe you would have got there. Yeah, like, I mean, there was never a negative repercussion from a sport. I no. mean, other mm-hmm. than, I mean, the lies that affected the dudes that weren't doing that might have been a pro if yeah. they had it. That fucking sucks. But as a popularity standpoint, biking was never bigger in the United States. I've never fucking watched Tour de France since. Don't know yeah. another dude that won it after Lance Armstrong. Nope. No Don't idea. give a fuck either. But yeah. I knew every year, I was like, he's going to go again. Yeah. He, you know, you would check. I would yeah. fucking update biking. <laughs> it's worse than soccer, dude. Mm. 
I say no way soccer is awesome. <laughs> uh, this question came up on another podcast. Um, I forget who it was. It may have been. Uh, was it? I don't think it was the Chicklets. Maybe it was part of my take. Um, what's the best sporting event you've ever been to? Been there live. Best experience. Whether it doesn't need to be its title by like a national oh. championship or Super Bowl. It can be whatever. But what was like crowd experience, loudest place that you went to? Fuck. I mean, I've been to two kind of crazy games. One, I saw Nebraska beat Oklahoma at home. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. And then another time I saw the Blackhawks. The biggest comeback in Blackhawks history. I was at that game. It was in 2010. They ended up winning the cup, but they were playing the Flames. Hawks went down 5 nothing in the first period. I was there to... I was running the Chicago Marathon. And we just... Yeah. The Hawks were in town. I talked to my buddies. Let's go. First period, dude. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> I won... The Flames scored from the blue line. And oh. then it was like... We're here. We're gonna stick around. I think the Hawks scored like three in the second, it's yeah. like five to three, and then they scored two in the third or whatever. Goes into overtime. Hawks went like the first minute. It was fucking awesome. Oh, nice. But the, it wasn't that loud and crazy because I think a lot of the fans kind of trickled bailed. out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but probably. That was fucking stuck awesome. Around. Oh, I know what. <clears throat> I was in. Uh, I was at Wrigley when Aramis Ramirez hit a, this walk-off bomb. And it was fucking insane. I think it was the same. It was one of the years when they went deep in the playoffs or ended up making the playoffs. It's supposed to be that mad, like a, you know, yeah. in Chicago. I can't wish I would have remembered. But it was like, we watched the whole game, eighth inning. My brother, it was me, my brother, and his ex-wife. But we were at the game, and brother was like, she was bailing. He's like, I'm going to take her to the train. It was eighth inning. Cubs were losing, like, five to three. He's like, I was like, right, I'm just gonna stick around, you know, just whatever. I don't, I don't ever like to leave a sporting event early. And fucking, Aramis Ramirez walks off, and the place was fucking oh. insane. I mean, just hugging everybody, high fives. My brother, he was at the train, the L to drop his wife off. He's kind of just, he didn't know what to do. He just sprinted back to the stadium. He, I think, it still eats him up today because oh. I was stayed there, and he fucking missed it, and it was. Bananas in Wrigley. Bananas. Wow. Awesome. The uh I would say the best one I've ever been to, probably hands down, is the Liverpool soccer game in Liverpool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it was uh they won in the ninetieth ninety third minute um of extra time, a third minute of extra time against Arsenal, who was just coming off an unbeaten season and they're I mean, everyone's a rival out there, but the whole experience of getting up in the morning, getting to the pub in Liverpool, and there was five of us over there traveling. And uh, so we go to the pub, watch the early morning games, and only two of us were going to the games, which we scalped. We got scalped tickets um, the night before in the middle of Liverpool. We're fucking searching people. We're asking people at the bars or whatever. We get this phone number. We call the dude. Dude picks us up in his car. (laughs) We're driving down the road. Me and my buddy are fucking, like, weirded out as shit. And we pay uh, the equivalent of 90 bucks each to sit in the cop, which is the reason why everybody calls the fucking... Every outfield 
the best place in the world. Yeah. This was the originator of the craziest stands <laughs> in the world. So we get tickets inside there. So it's like, yes, this is a lifetime experience. We roll, we leave the pub. The crazy thing was so many teams show up. It's like watching football out here at the bar uh-huh. where everybody has jerseys on, yeah. no matter what city you're in. Whereas back home, it's only Pat's jerseys. And I'm sure, you know, Dude, well, Nebraska, you probably have the Bears and the Broncos, right? Yeah. But, but this if you fucking wear a jersey to a, a game that they're not playing, you're a sausage. Yeah. Well, they're going to the bars to support the game because it's oh, just okay. like Sunday yeah, football. Yeah. All okay. the games are on. Okay. And the minute that game ends, it's a mass exodus. Everyone out, and then all the afternoon comes in. It's not like <laughs> this mingling kind of switcheroo. Yeah. It's like game's done, everybody up, out, and then everyone right back in. And no shit. The whole place is very educated on every team, whether they like them, hate them, whatever it is. They're just educated on it all. So that was cool to watch. So we roll up to the stadium. It's madness. It's in the fucking middle of this little tiny town. And then there's, boom, this huge stadium. And uh, places, I mean, they're fucking going crazy. Singing already, going wild. It's a big game. Get in there and no beers. I said, you know, no beers in the stadium. You could drink them out in the concourse. Um, And it's just fucking the songs. Uh, Liverpool opens the fans sing You'll Never Walk Alone. As in unison, almost like the national anthem, but it's their deal, is like chilling to listen to it. Um, the weird thing, the songs, it's uh, it's almost as if they went on. You know, this is it's been going on forever, so it's pre-internet. Like, how does the whole stadium know the song that they made up? Basically, to break balls on one dude that may have done something shitty last week in yeah. the game. And the whole stadium singing the fucking song <laughs> about how much the dude's a bag of dicks. Or, and then they go into all the elements. But anyways, 93rd minute, they fucking score. And I thought the stadium was going to collapse. And then it's out to the pubs where it's shoulder to shoulder. And it just continues. It's a fucking regular season game. Middle of this, and this is Thanksgiving, yeah. And the season doesn't end till April, so this is literally <laughs> first third of the season, and yeah. it is fucking beyond wild. Um, that was hands down. I mean, nothing even comes close. Um, Ben's a shitloads old Celtics games, you know, back when I was a kid. Um, Bird and all them were there, so you saw fucking crazy Laker games, the Pistons games, you know, yeah. all those. Um, Yankees, Red Sox, been to a handful of those. Doesn't even come close. Um, national championship uh, football is uh, that I went to Ohio State and Miami out here. And I'm a Miami fan, so that fucking call in the end zone when it got fucking no called or reversed and Ohio State wins the national championship was fucking dog shit. <laughs> but the experience of being at the national championship yeah. and the buzz outside the stadium and what's going on then after... You know, there's no fucking fights or anything. Everybody's just partying. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. It's one side sad, the other side's pumped, but everybody has a fucking great time. So that was awesome. I went to a national championship in Nebraska. got fucking pummeled by Miami in 01. I was there. Oh, oh really? Fucking awful. Look at that roster. They pounded It's like five Hall of Famers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that fucking Just thing. on the defense. Yeah, Ed Reed. I mean, yep. dude, that... Ray Ray. You should look at the four running backs. Snap, uh, Warren Sapp. 
uh, Jeremy Shockey was on there. Andre Johnson was oh, a wide yeah. receiver. Never heard of that guy. Um, Dan Morgan. There was like, it was guys Willis stuck McGay. out fucking the dog shit days the, of that school. And then I'm like, trying to think of the four running backs. It was like Naja Davenport played in the league. Frank Gore, Willis McGahey. Yeah, I think all three and, of those dudes. And Portis, including Portis. Yeah, Portis. And fucking Frank Gore backed all of them up. Yeah, because he had so many and injuries. Still in the league. And fucking still plays. Still plays. Dude, what the fuck? Um, yeah, and it was, yeah, it was Nebraska got destroyed. Yeah, that team was fucking. That might have been the best college football team of all time. I would say everybody said ninety-seven Huskers or whatever. Like no, dude, no. that team was insane. Yeah, I mean, all they did was football. That yeah. was it. And Miami is such a fucking weird school. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a private medical school. It's a private school. It's their major major is fucking medical, and then you got this football team, you know, and it just sits in a weird part of fucking town. It was yeah, it's it's a weird experience. My buddy that Jeremy that uh, wrote in his yeah. mom lived in Miami, so we would go down there for spring break, and uh, from we'd drive down, and I was like, hey, let's go to the campus. He's like, all right. So we cruised through there, and I was like, whoa, this is fucking weird. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's this campus, and then you got to exit the neighborhood, and it's like, whoa, what a weird spot this is in. It's fucking nuts. But let's cover this uh, listener question, and then we'll probably bounce out of here. Yeah. It's uh, another late night, as we always say, <laughs> but at least you guys will be able to enjoy some time with Dave. But, um, let me grab this listener question here right now. This comes from uh, Jeremy back in uh, Massachusetts, friend of mine, uh, Watertown, Mass. Shout out to Watertown. Uh, here we go. His question is, how old does a kid need to be to work on your crew to learn the business? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. <laughs> I think 15, 16, right out of the gate. I didn't. I don't think you need a driver's license to rake a bunker. No, I don't think so either. I'd probably put it at whatever the legal age of working is. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of divots to fill. There's plenty of all marks to fill. We can definitely teach you how to cut cups yeah. with the hammering, you know, all those systems that make it pretty easy to cut a cup. You don't need to be a, a load to push the cup cutter in the ground. No. I think that it would be a can great job. You can run back lower weed eaters at that age. I ran them. So. Yeah. The only issue is, though, I would imagine, is the liability of the golf cart if you don't have a driver's license. Yeah. Because there mean, are times we're on the road. Um, again, I put myself in those shoes. I could drive a golf I could drive a car. Yeah, but can't, if you went like down to 10. play golf and you were 14, could you drive the cart? Uh, no, it was always for me. Uh, uh, you had to have a license. Uh, or you couldn't rent them back really? home. Yeah. No, you could drive it with, you know, if your dad or whatever. Yes. Sitting next to you, you could cruise but um so yeah i would put it at 15 or whatever the legal working age is 14 yeah. to get a work permit or be legally covered underneath the insurance yeah it's i more think or less what it it'd is. be a great great job for any 16 year old anyway i mean it's hard work it's good work yeah it'll teach you how to yeah. use it you learn a lot of little things so when you grow up around your house you can yeah. fix your irrigation at your house and maybe and then how many the how many how many guys you know that started off just on a crew and they were 16 and decided that that was it's pretty good gig yeah, um, his, he had, did have a little follow-up question. He did ask, "Does uh, do the golf courses provide room and board for the summer?" 
Uh, yeah, the answer to that is yes, Ben. You can come out and visit anytime you want. You can live here. There's one little problem that every other Tuesday night, there's a podcast that goes on in probably the room that we would give you. So you're going to have to sleep on the couch every Tuesday night. You can sleep in my garage on Tuesday yeah. nights. Too. And then on the other Tuesday nights, you can sleep in Dan's garage. So, so come on out, buddy. Uh, I'll put your ass to work. And I got a basketball hoop in the driveway, so that'll cover your all the skills you need to keep up on in that game. But All right, so with that, we're uh, going to call it a night. Um, hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, the interview with Dave. And like I said, we're going to drop that thing yeah. early Big. next week. And you guys can listen to the whole thing and see how yeah. it goes up in... Liverpool, New York. Big thanks to Dave. He came prepared. Uh, Our first interview. I mean, can't thank him enough for coming on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, and also it was the first uh, episode Andy's on. So, guys get to finally hear his voice run other than (laughs) on the intros and (laughs) running advertisements at the beginning of the show. So, big shout to Andy. Thank you again for editing and producing this thing for us. Uh, Definitely wouldn't be able to do it without you. And there is definitely one other thing um, we have not thanked, and it's been three episodes. I do want to make sure that I finally get my big shout-out. Big Ed, um, I want to thank you for the hats. Uh, Ed got us some hats that are everything about us now, podcasts. There are some hockey hats. I got the Bruins hat. Dan's got the Hawks hat. Um, Andy's got a whaler's hat. It's an awesome old-school whaler's hat. Um, Brown Carhartt's. They're fucking badass. So thank you, Ed, again, for listening as you do and for the presence. And with that, I'm going to say later on. See you guys. Love you, Mom and Dad.